This path will lead you to an unholy place, a cemetery. Hello everybody, Foggy Jack here, the Lost Boy, Oddball of Magic, and the host of the Foggy Jack 13 Podcast. I'll meet you down in the pumpkin patch where the haunters meet the haunted. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, I'm Edgar Mills. And welcome to Ghost Walks Radio, a show dedicated to ghost stories and the interesting spiritual world of the paranormal. The show is about to begin, and now, your host, Daniel. Something doesn't get left behind when a person passes on. 
Now, the format of this show is simple. It is pre-recorded, so unfortunately call-ins will not be answered. However, you can have your ghost story featured on the air. Write your experience or record it if you have a good microphone and send it to us by email. Info at ghostwalks.com I will feature your ghost story on the air. If you write it, I will read it. If you record it, I will play it, and everybody will hear it in your very own words. It's just that easy. Also, feel free to like us at facebook.com slash ghostwalksradio for show updates, events, and personal ghost stories. As the page builds, more stuff will be put on there. And our first ghost story of the night has to do with the Keg Mansion, located on Jarvis Street in downtown Toronto. And what we have here is the Keg franchise. Those who are not local to this area might not know it, but just know it is a very good steakhouse and a place you'd want to go, especially the Keg Mansion. Because here we have a Victorian house that was done back to its original form and tables are put inside of it. Now at the very beginning in 1867, we have a man named Arthur McMaster who had the house built for his family. Now that name may sound familiar to local Hamiltonians and Arthur was actually the nephew of William, the man who founded McMaster University. Arthur would live there for over a decade, and then the house was sold to a man named Hart Massey. Now this last name is more known to Torontonians, and here we have a man, an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, somebody who lived in Cleveland, Ohio for a time and then got homesick wanting to come back to his beloved Toronto, and he did. The Masseys are a prominent Toronto family, starting with Hart, who was an industrialist who found the Massey Foundation, which built for the University of Toronto, and of course, Massey Hall, which is named after the family. Hart's grandsons were also famous in their own right, in very different fields, starting with Vincent, who is a politician and would become the first truly Canadian Governor General of Canada in 1952. Raymond was famous for a very different reason. He was an actor, with many big Hollywood roles, the most famous being that of Abe Lincoln in 1940, which got him an Oscar, and a mention this very year by Seth MacFarlane at this year's Oscars when he was hosting. The house would become a radio station known as CFRB in 1915, would then become an art gallery, would then be converted into a restaurant for the first time before being purchased by the keg in 1976. Now, a most disturbing history begins the time of a creepy ghost story with the maid of Lillian Massey. Now, Lillian would inherit her father's business mind, partly from her time as a student at the prestigious Wesleyan Women's College, once located in Hamilton, where the abandoned Royal Connaught Hotel stands today. She would run the house for many, many years and was very respected by people in the community who loved her father Hart and loved her just as much, and also her servants, which loved her too. 
Now, she would die in 1915, just before the house was transferred over the radio station, which was followed by another death, the legendary suicide of a maid on the grand staircase of the house. Now, some say it was the grief from losing her beloved mistress, but others believe the maid had an affair with one of the massy men, was terrified of the idea that the secret would be revealed to everyone after Lillian's death. There have been many accounts to this very day of guests seeing a woman hanging over the grand staircase for just a moment, and then she's gone. The woman's bathroom is another area of great activity. The first woman to experience this personally walked into that bathroom located today on the second floor. And when she walked in, even though she knew reasonably that she was alone, she didn't feel alone. And she would walk through the bathroom looking under each of the stall doors to confirm that this was true, finally comforting herself enough to go into one of the stalls to use it. And the entire time she was in there, she felt as if somebody was peeking through the crack in the door, but she couldn't see anybody standing there. And to her horror, the lock started to turn slowly from the other side. The door and lock came undone, and it would slowly swing open towards her. She wasn't the only one to have an experience in that bathroom. We have another woman using a stall in the same room. She carefully hangs a bag on the back of the stall door, and inside that bag is a very fragile bottle of wine. A moment later, she's looking down towards the floor, just trying to relax, and then she hears the bag rustling. She looks up in time to see the bag hit the floor, braces for the crash, but it never happens. The bag lowers slowly in front of her eyes to the ground and is placed lightly on the tiles in front of her. Now, there are a couple of other experiences at the Keg Mansion, and I do invite you to read the full article located at www.hauntedhamilton.com. Now, once again, my apologies for the terrible sound quality we're experiencing tonight. As mentioned before, my microphones have completely malfunctioned, and the only one that now works is a mono microphone with terrible quality. So I will purchase a new one in the upcoming week. The next and final story of this evening has to do with the first ghost story I was told as an adult before the beginning of Haunted Hamilton, our paranormal group. And this was told to me while living in Toronto for one year. Now, it was myself and my partner in Haunted Hamilton, Stephanie. We were living in Toronto for that year while Stephanie went to school for web design. And during that time, we would slowly get into the idea of the paranormal. And this would start very simply with a Ouija board. Now, we purchased it from a garage sale for very cheap. I believe it was 25 cents, maybe 50 cents. It was an expensive one. We brought it home, and we would use that Ouija board on many occasions. But we got smart over that time. And at one point, we would set up a micro-cassette recorder to record the session that was going on. Now, for Stephanie and myself, 
our Ouija board experiences were very slow and challenged our patience. The planchette would move very slowly around the board, and the simplest questions would be difficultly answered, including the one starting with, Spirit, are you there? And as it moved slowly up to the word, yes, as the tape recorded, recorded that session, we thought nothing of it when it finally got to the word, giving up, losing our patience, stopping the session, saying goodbye, and listening to that tape. And that's when everything changed, because right after we said the words, Spirit, are you there? Right up against the microphone in a voice very different from both of ours, the word yes was spoken. This was an EVP. This was a ghost sound one that we would look to bring to a local paranormal group, and the only one to exist was the one in Toronto. We sent a message to them asking if they would listen to the sound, and we never heard a response. But where we put the message was a local and public forum, a message board, and it was put on there, and two producers of a ghost show would contact us wanting to hear that sound. We would meet them at a local bar in Toronto. We would sit down with them, and here we have the two producers and one of the producer's girlfriends who had come along for the event. And there, our micro-cassette recorder was passed over. They would leave the table to walk into a quieter area to listen carefully to what we had caught on tape. And during that time, the girlfriend would tell us a very interesting story. It had to do with a dream, a dream that she had fairly recently. Now, she believed she had psychic abilities passed down from her parents and her grandparents, and I believe her origins were that of Brazilian and possibly Haitian, and there's a huge belief in both of those countries that this kind of stuff is just normal. And in her dream, she's lying in bed, and there's a body beside her. No movement coming from that side of the bed. She would slowly pull down the cover to reveal something very horrific. A body without a head. A corpse laying in the bed beside her. The head missing in just the stump of the neck at the top. Where was the head? And she would feel a slight tugging on the sheets at the end of the bed looking over to see the severed head slowly rising above the horizon of the bed, starting with the hair, the forehead, and then the eyes staring at her with great anger. And that's when she woke up. Now this is a very simple story, and there isn't a very clear answer of why first she was telling us this and what it had to do with her life in general, but it just expanded that belief in the paranormal and the idea that there is something else out there, and it would lead to the producers coming back to that table, sitting down and telling Stephanie and myself that they heard the voice on the tape, but they didn't believe it to be real. But, and this is where things got interesting for us, they started talking about some of the locations that they were looking at for the show that they were producing. And they talked about one in Hamilton after hearing that Steph and myself were from the city of Hamilton. And they mentioned a place called Bellevue. 
Now, we hadn't heard of this place before. They said it was at the end of a street on Hamilton Mountain, this old building that stared down to the entire downtown core with an amazing view from its covered widow walk on the top floor, and hence the name Bellevue, which means beautiful view. And they wouldn't tell us where it was. Now, Steph and I would only remain in Toronto for about a year. We would get homesick like the Masseys did while being in Cleveland, and we would return to our beloved city of Hamilton, and this is when we would look for that legendary house, finding it on Hamilton Mountain, located at the end of concession, and writing the first articles and taking the first pictures that would start the website now known as Haunted Hamilton. Well, that brings this week's show to an end. Once again, I'm very sorry for the poor quality of the recording of this show. I will be getting a new microphone, and then I will burn this one in effigy. But for now, I must say goodbye. Remember, do send us your ghost stories to be featured on Ghost Walks Radio. You can send them to info at ghostwalks.com. Any written or recorded files are accepted. If you write it, I will read it. If you record it, I will play it so that everybody can hear your ghost story in your very own words. But still, join us next week at 11 p.m. to hear more ghost stories on Ghost Walks Radio. Thanks for listening, and have a very good night. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Foggy Jack Live Podcast. Please follow us on all our social medias at FoggyJack13. Also, make sure you subscribe to YouTube and to our Patreon. Hope to see you all next time down in the pumpkin patch. Thank you, goodbye, and blessed be.